Family episode 102 of Young Black and Opinionated. How y'all doing this afternoon? We're great. We're fine. We're, great. We're perfect. You, Martha, got a lot of energy today, y'all. Actually, right. I am this really afternoon. under the weather. Like, clean it up. I got a, I got a uh, sore throat. Oh, so yeah. I was powering through. As long as it ain't like Podfest last year. Oh yeah, man! I remember that was so terrible. Was sick. That was the the worst. I had to scoot myself over. Yeah. Is that the one where he sent us the video? Of his mouth. Throat. That shit was disgusting. Said. <laughs> so so two strep. bumps right there. Strep. <laughs> yeah, you thought it was strep. No, it was. Mm-hmm. It was strep. Mm-hmm. They took a culture sample and it was like mm-hmm. strep. They told me it wasn't. So and then and after I got better, they were like, "Oh yeah, by the way, it was strep." I'm like, "Huh?" I'm like. Ugh. Sicko. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Sicko mode. Uh, episode 102 is always. I am Reese Berry. That's R E E S E B E R R A. Four Ys is Twitter, Tumblr, Snapchat, and Instagram. Lassie. Damn. Sorry, I had to yawn. Um, I'm Lassie at Lola Baby, B A Y B E E, on in- on Snapchat and on Instagram and Twitter at LaCrim Lola. Mwanje? And it's your boy Mwanje. That's M W A N J E. You can follow me on all social media <laughs> platforms. That's Mwanje, Ugandan for Leopard. You signed in for Mwanje. <laughs> right. Um, so how's everybody doing this week? You got mono. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Just YBO without a little slander. I mean, come on. It's, it's for the ratings, slander. right? 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 I thought it was for the ratings. No. That's wow. your favorite quote. Wow. Not when he's the butt. Not when you're right. right. Ah, the butt. That's the joke. Down. I talked about now the you want to watch your ass? No. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how you're listening to this episode, as always, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker. Um, I don't know if we're on iHeartRadio still, but we're everywhere. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, check out our website, YBLPodcastMKE.com. You can find all information about us there. Make sure you continue to share our episode, share everything that you know about us, and continue to put people on because that is how we grow. Um. Anything else before we jump right in? Yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna say, keep in mind that our Facebook group is now inactive. So please, 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 if you have any comments or questions about an episode that you listen to, hit us up um, on our website. Yeah, that was a good remark. I forgot. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. www.ybopodcastmke.com you always sound so unsure. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, I had to think about it. When I wrote it, when I typed it in a little flyer, I was like, ybopodcastmke.com. Uh, so absolutely, www.ybopodcastmke.com. Let me say it more with confidence. Uh, yeah, definitely check out the website. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Say, Good job, W. Let's jump right into Wagwan. Let's go. Um, so we're going to share some Milwaukee love to um, a producer that's been doing some great things for the past several de- uh, decades. 
and um, George Tillman Jr. inks his first uh, inks a first look producing deal with 20th Century Fox. So essentially, what that is is uh, basically when uh, any projects or any anything that comes up, any movies or anything that he has going on. Uh, 20th Century Fox is going to look at those projects first before they look at any other projects or outside of any project. He's been doing a lot of work. You might know him. Um, you might have uh, known him from recently. Uh, the Hate You Give. He produced that, uh, directed and produced that. Uh, he did Soulful, Men of Honor, Notorious, The Longest Ride, The Inevitable Defeat of Mr. and, uh, Mr. and Pete. Um, he also did t- several TV series uh, like uh, Power. He also did Luke Cage. This is Us. Uh, right. He did the. Okay. Uh, you, you got to talk about the Barbershops franchise that grossed over two hundred million dollars. And so my favorite, my favorite series, the Soul Food series. Um, uh, right. I like it better okay. than the movie. You, the movie. you said you never saw the movie, fam. I don't. I don't think it's good. I don't think the movie's good. <laughs> you just wow, said you that's terrible. Yeah, I don't think. I really don't think the movie's good. The only soulful episode I remember is when Ahmad was caught in the shower masturbating. No, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's yeah, it. Yeah. I don't that's even remember. I just remember the fake. Uh, <laughs> I just the I fake just, I didn't like the characters. I, yeah, I just. Didn't I, I thought the characters. The movie great. The movie yeah, was better. Yeah, it depends on what you no. saw first. I don't. Right. I didn't really like the show though. It used to come on too. But um, so he, you know, he inked this deal. You said he from here. Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. Actually, um, his. I went to uh, my old church. His parents go to that church, and he would come. I remember when he did Notorious, he would come to church and say that, you know, he got this movie coming out. It's um, Biggie Smalls and uh, about Biggie Smalls. And then recently after that, uh, Notorious came out. So, not very church. Uh, <laughs> not very church like. <laughs> so, you know, um, so yeah. So, you just got to shed some light for that because that's a big thing. That's a big deal um, for you to. You know, be exclusively with uh, 20th Century Fox and his uh, producing uh, production company is called Street Park Films um, or State Street Films. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I was like, and um, yeah, like I said, he's gonna. I'm pretty sure he's gonna continue to make some great work, some great things um, popping for the uh, this year and next year. But I, I didn't get it. Anybody saw the Hate You Give? I didn't. Okay. Um, I didn't know if I could Mm-mm. really sit through it. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of times with those movies, you got to really get your mindset. I know with the uh, uh, Bill Street, I had to really get my mind um, right to watch that movie because, you know, when you're watching movies at a certain time period, you're just kind of like, ah, you know. Um, but yeah, so shout out to um, Brother Tillman um, and his uh, <laughs> his deal with 20th Brother. Century Fox. Definitely. Great. Let's jump right into random shit of the week slash my weekly revelations. Yeah, so we I we just talked about I believe a couple episodes ago about Nick Cannon actually having Damon uh actually on the radio show, I'm sorry. Uh Damon uh dashed talking with Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon does one of his uh series, the Nick Cannon class. Um and I got a chance to listen to it yesterday. Uh, I actually enjoy listening to uh stuff while driving because you can kind of pay attention to it and it makes the ride a lot smoother. Uh but there was a part in the uh, discussion he talked about uh, how classes, how how classes, uh, college and just elementary school, um, they don't necessarily teach you uh, how to be a boss. They teach you, they program you how to be an employee. So uh, this little segment, I call it the uh, programming employees, but uh, definitely check it out here. But it's programmed that way. Absolutely. Even all the houses look the same. The schools look the same. If you don't dress the same, if you don't say the same, like pattern. So the thing I don't, I'm mad about in school because I went to school. I didn't learn. Only thing I learned in school that I used and applied was math, multiplication, and division and reading. Other than that, it did. Algebra is not going to help me. But you know what really helped me is learning how to love. 
Right. So why in school they don't teach you how to love? Right. You know what the most important thing is? To keep yourself healthy. That's the most important thing. So why they right. don't teach you how to fucking farm? Right. Why they don't teach you what nutrients Agriculture. are? Yeah. Like that's the shit you need to learn. Right. And now moving forward, what you need to learn is code. You need to learn how to edit. You <laughs> right. need to learn how to market because it's a new day. Right. So why would I pay so much for old people that haven't done shit that I want to do to teach my <laughs> kids now. how to fucking be in debt? That shit doesn't make any logical sense to me. It goes back to their, their teaching. Teaching employee mentalities when it's you're pro- cultivating bosses. It's they're programming. They're programming. They're so, programming employees. So, mm, ooh, who edited that clip? Ooh. Anyway, um, so as you can see, um, you know, it, there's also a point in the um, in the discussion where they were Dame Dash was talking about food. He was talking about how um, you know why continue to eat things like chickens and cows and stuff like that and you know they cause this and this number one reason of cancer um where he said the major industries um in in the world today is uh food energy and what am i missing food energy it was something else one more thing and uh he said that you know we can supply we can grow our own food so that's done we can supply our own energy get the energy from the sun and then there was something else too um it slipped my mind. It slipped my mind. Oh, guns, guns, war. If we know how to, if we know how to uh, p- protect ourselves, we, there's no need to have, you know, that mass of guns, and we can destroy each of those big, huge industries with just being self-sustaining, self, self-sufficient. And in this clip, you know, he talks about, you know, how schools don't cultivate bosses or CEOs, but they cultivate cultivate people to. Um, Follow the same path and follow the same pattern. pattern. Yeah, not working nine nine to five every day. Um, so I don't know what what are some of your thoughts on that? Just from hearing that little clip there, it's, uh, like I said, it's a great it's a great listen. I haven't even finished it yet, but it's it's definitely a great listen. Yeah, I finished it. Um, <clears throat> I think it's what we always talk about though. Just yeah. generally, if you just go back to us just saying like, bro, I'm not working for no company for 40 years, things like that. And just how it actually changed. But just generally, as he's just talking about along the spectrum, and on top of that, we live in a capitalistic society. So yeah. obviously it's set up that way because they do it for a reason. And, um, as it was funny, cause as he was saying that I was listening to it, um, was it yesterday? And he was like, uh, he was like, you know, uh, in school, I only learned it before he said it. I'm like, math. And mm-hmm. I, I stopped right there. So, you know, and reading, of course, like she, the shit that he said, I was like, yeah, that's true. So I definitely um, see what he means. And um, <clears throat> he was talking about to his daughter um, just when his high school. And she was like, you know, dad, I want to go to college. And he was like, you know, I let her You kind of do what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. She, you know, ate straight A's. She aced college. But she was like, you know what? I'd rather learn about life by just living life and, you know, trying to run her company, her mom's company. She probably would end up taking over Rachel Roy. And then um, she signed like an elite uh, model contract and then obviously helping him with whatever he's doing um, at Dame Dash Studio. So and I think that's actually great. And I could see, as we talked about before, the shift in um, our parents knowing certain things versus, you know, you go to work, you go to school, go to college. And it's like, ah. Eh. It's not really always fulfilling for certain people unless you know what you want to do. And like you mentioned, being 60000 in debt. And it's like, now what? Well, so, you there for four semesters. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, I was thinking about while you was talking, Reese, that my mom. So my mom worked at Disney, right? Mm-hmm. Now, before working at Disney, my mom was a correction officer. Mm-hmm. So where do you think she made more money? Corrections. Correction right. <laughs> so she met this lady who um, worked at Disney and... Now, my mom worked in one of the highest paid departments, which Disney doesn't have many. So my mom worked in one of the highest paid departments, still wasn't making enough. And mm-hmm. so this lady um, that she met had been working there since she was like 15, right? 
And she wasn't even making more than what my mom was making before she left being a correction officer. Mm-hmm. And she's in like her 60s. And she saw literally nothing wrong with it. And my mm. mom is like, I mean, I told my mom, I had to tell her. I was like, well, you have to understand, like, this has been her whole life. Unfortunately, she does, she hasn't had any other experience doing anything else, mm-hmm. which is sad. Right. But she doesn't know anything. Like you said, the older people, they know that they had to work. They had to stay somewhere. Right. You got to do something. Right. And, you know, whereas my mom... I mean, she's not like us because my mom right. will stay someplace that she doesn't want to for a little bit, mm-hmm. but she's looking into things that will fulfill her more and that will make her more happy now. Yeah. And then, then there's us, which we always talk about. Like you said, I seen a status yesterday. This guy said, you ever go to work and be like, how the fuck do people work for 40 years? <laughs> like how you say at this company for 20 plus years. And I was like, that be true. Like yeah. I just started a job. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like you already okay. looking for your ex interview. <laughs> not even, not even no. that, but like hearing that people have been here for fourteen and fifteen years, and I'm like doing what? <laughs> like the same. That's shit. just how I'm. That's just where I'm at. You know, I'm not saying like I'm gonna quit tomorrow, but you know, it's just like yeah, damn, like I just don't want to do this yeah, shit. I, like I don't stand somewhere where you've been there for forty something years. You need to start have. You need to have had equity in that business before you. Um, been working there for forty years. Like I need to be making some major decisions. Um, while while I'm at this company, if I'm here for forty something years, I've seen it go from A to B to C. Now we at D stage, and you got these little whippersnappers coming in. You know, from you know, <laughs> so you from from uh, right <laughs> from college, and um, they're not they're making they're making more money than me, and I've been here for forty years, and it's right. like I need to be making some major decisions, and um, and you know, if, to that point, you know, if I am working for someone, I definitely will be making that. Uh, no, I need See, to be making some And the decisions. thing that they have and that they're going to have, um, and they being probably the baby boomers as they continue to go out as far as retirement, is that some of them, depends on the company because they'd be playing people, right. um, their pensions. Because like yeah. I was saying, my granddad worked, he moved up from the South, then moved to Chicago, then moved here. He started working when he was 17. Worked at, a, mm. was it Alice, the Chambers, whatever, out in um, Chalmers, whatever, out in uh, West Alice for 30, 35 years. And I was sitting there thinking like, damn, he retired before we was even born. And between when he retired and when he died, he lived off his uh, retirement, just looking at just the money and just how he worked. And you think about it, I'm like, yeah, that shit true. So sometimes, you know, that's what they had at that time, but it's, it's just different. Like, right. and I had coworkers who told me in the past too, like, you know, uh, cause I had one job where we got laid off and she was there for five years. She worked at Aetna for like 30 years. And I'm like, damn. And she was like, you know, and she was crying and shit. Like she would call me and I'm like, why like i'm 20 and i don't know what i'm doing in my life like why right. you calling me and she's like you're just so easy to talk to and she was like you know i was like so you could just get another job like you'll be fine and she's like right. i'm old she's mm-hmm. like 55 it's gonna be so hard like this age is discrimination like nobody's gonna want me mm-hmm. and i'm just like i can see that too. i'm sorry it's not funny but you know it, it sounds funny but it's like i, I get it you I know right I, I, do get too. It. I get it so it's unfortunate because when you i guess when you're that age too you get you it is what it is you get stuck at being that because you know mm-hmm. like her i'm old nobody else gonna want me that's how you feel but gotta try so yeah yeah you gotta um you definitely gotta you know do your own thing on the side too always get your little side hustle as well mm-hmm. too always do something that you want to do we're in that um, era now too like but i thank god for um my my 401k um and then my job actually put money into my 401k like mm-hmm. for bonuses and things like that so i think that helps out a lot and people 
if you don't have one, make sure you get one. Um, yeah. It's so important to have something where when you get done working, you can, especially for us, our age, because we might not have Social Security. So, yeah, um, I was going to say they spend a national war. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was a great clip. If you haven't, once again, please listen to a Dame Dash. You know, they did a little back and forth banter, you know, Dame Dash and Dame Dash fashion. Um, But That's absolutely funny. listen to yeah, it. He does. Yeah, <laughs> he absolutely does. Um. Yeah, have some okay. great points great yeah. points. Yeah. Um, last thing i want to say too about the 401k too a lot of jobs um i guess it depends some of them automatically put you in a type of programs mm-hmm. too um so yeah have a little money set up sometimes they'll match it like my yep. job after five years they'll match it I don't, I don't get it but um <laughs> 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 hey, uh yeah they'll match it so it just depends so take advantage of some of them small things but like more just say get you a side hustle we're in the area mm. of doing what you know what you want to do and making whatever you do work so yeah. oh i got a race too ah, this week keep yeah. moving ah. hey, knock my water over i'm sorry you said <laughs> uh congrats <laughs> right congrats so i forgot to mention it yeah, let's move on to uh, dating relationships and uh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I was at um, last part out. I, <laughs> oh, right. So part. I was at work and um, I was listening to Mouse Jones podcast. First time I ever did it. The reason why I chose that podcast to listen the one to with it Torrey? because Tore was on there. Mm-hmm. Tore and um, Miss uh, Lemieux. Um, she was on there as well too. I oh, hear. Jamie, Jamila. Jam- uh, yeah, Jamala. Yeah, Jamala. Jamala. Oh, um, and so I was listening to it. They were talking. The whole focus of the show was talking about the R. Kelly docuseries and, uh, right. um, and the, you know, sex tapes and all that stuff. And Torre had a famous interview where he mm-hmm. asked R. Kelly, you know, um, do you date teenagers or something? When you that say. Effect. Oh, yeah, yeah. How <laughs> I, I go? When you say teenage. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what you mean? Uh, and um, at the time, you know, not knowing, but, you know, R. Kelly couldn't read or write or understand. So for him, he probably was trying to, you know. No. <laughs> right don't don't defend him right now no no i'm not defending him i'm, I'm just saying don't make excuses for him i'm, I'm not making excuses for him i'm just it. saying he was exactly he was just trying to he was trying, that's what he's trying to he Which was trying to excuse no gotcha how's an excuse black man please anyway black he man. know what a teenager is regardless right. of if he can read or write absolutely absolutely all right then I, i'm saying he probably couldn't comprehend Why what you got this angela yee cup uh rumor report rumor report with angela or lassie they be cutting her ass off real quick um anyway uh, uh can i get back to the rumor report you know it's over with now no she'll cut that ass off real smooth too Charlamagne say something dumb anyway so uh, <laughs> uh be like moanjay that one episode i'm just gonna wait <laughs> just gonna wait five four three two one was pissed. <laughs> apartment. um but so listen to tar after that episode so the following day i was on twitter right. Torre was in trouble. Uh, was uh, fired from time for having Accused. a sexual uh, sexual yeah. abuse uh, for sexual um, harassment. misconduct. Okay, um, or har- harassment. And I was um, trying to figure out because uh, apparently there's accused, there's yeah. different. They all mean different things, mm-hmm. right. kinda. They're all under one um, one umbrella, umbrella yeah. but they have different the definitions. Different so, mm-hmm. um, you know, the woman, it was a makeup artist. Uh, she felt very uncomfortable. You know, he would say, according to his statement, he was saying crass things and, you know, um, you know, changing it. I think changing it in front of her, if I'm not mistaken, oh. and stuff like that. <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken. But. I want to mix it up. But remember, I was telling you, I listened to the City Girls episode when mm-hmm. he had Young Miami. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to mix it up at all. But it was just weird because I don't really know him like that. So mm-hmm. just hearing him talk, because I always hear serious conversations. Mm-hmm. But when he was talking to her, like certain sexual conversations, I don't like I'm not mixing it up at all. But it just sounded weird. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Like, it was just, uncomfortable. 
because I don't I, I don't want to mix it up with anything with this woman is saying because I don't know but it was just different for me because he a grown ass man he can say what he want right. but like he was like so what do you like 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 just certain things she's like well I mean you know from the back and it was just oh. it was just different oh. than what I hear him you know oh, like it was, him oh. say it. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it was just so different because I, I think that's the day when I got a facial I'm like oh my lord <laughs> <laughs> and even when he was on Mouse Jones you know he was you know when he, he he got he was comfortable he was like yeah he said something like he was like. Nigga, I don't wanna, I was like, Tourette? <laughs> <laughs> right? So, it's like, you see these people in these different spaces, and then, like, and then, like, I don't know. It was just weird. When I got, I was like, oh my God, I'm cringing. Like, yeah. It was, it was something. The question was, like, if you had to go back in time, uh, where would you go back in time to? And they said it was, I guess, a popular uh, New York club called The Tunnel. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Tourette was at the time, he was at the tunnel. He was like, nigga, he's like, nigga, you wanna go back to the tunnel? He said something to that effect. I was like, Tourette? Yeah. So, <laughs> so you mean like people in it goes to show people are different on different platforms. I get it, but I guess right. I haven't really watched mm. him. I saw him on certain platforms. Mm. So I didn't really get it. I don't know him like that. Right. So that just really threw me for a little. Um so okay? I, really? Yes, thanks. So <laughs> And then from there, you know, uh, there was another woman in my job was talking to me about R. Kelly. She said, I did not know R. Kelly was doing it. I know he married Aaliyah. I, well, she didn't know he married Aaliyah. She just knew that he had the sex tape with the girl, and that was it. And then she right. said, I watched the docuseries, or listen, or heard about the docuseries, and he was like, I did not know any of this stuff. And it's I'm a just white like, woman? Yes, white woman. She, mm-hmm. like, rolled her chair back like this. She's like, Melanche, I didn't know this <laughs> And I was like, yeah. I was like, I haven't seen the series. Damn, why you're a black person in your department? No, no, it's like it's four of us all together in one, in one spot. But um, not well, it's more than four. But <laughs> um, so that that got me going. Like maybe men, we need to talk about this more. We need to have a conversation about this. Mm-hmm. So, um, to this segment, what we're gonna do is we're gonna just reach out to a couple men and volunteer to have a conversation about it. Just. Um, the Me Too movement, just um, their thoughts on it. Just, yeah, thoughts on it, mm-hmm. and just just uh, just have a conversation about right. it. Just to make sure that we understand as men, um, you know, the severity of the situation, and, and you know, and, and understand and try to maybe uh, get past some of the nuances that we that may be uh, yeah, happening and, with this, and to situation. see how they approach women these days, and and have conversations with yeah, them and, and, and interact. I yeah, say. and even so. to see if they had gone through some of the things. So yeah, we're gonna reach out to a couple guys here. Let's try um, Nolan first. Let's yeah, Nolan let's try Nolan. No, no. No. Stupid. No. He can listen to this. What the fuck? (laughs) Corny ass motherfucker. (laughs) Anyway, uh, hey. (laughs) Why you didn't click it for the note? Yeah. Oh, I could have. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know. (laughs) That's why I put it in there. Just click it. Extra nigga. Hello. Hello. Nolan, what's good, man? You're on the YBO podcast. What is what it do? What it do? Oh, what's up, Wanda? How you doing, bro? I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, so we are we are now at our segment where we're just just calling reaching out to a couple of fellas and we're just talking about um just the Me Too movement, sexual misconduct and stuff like that and just we you know, getting um just getting your your opinions and stuff like that. So yeah. on the oh, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say let's just start with the first question, because um, I know you've seen the flyer. Um so do you understand what the Me Me Too movement is, what it's about, and um what is considered like sexual harassment or rape? Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying. In your own words, like what would how would you uh how would you define it? Just in your own words. If you if you know, someone asked you someone came up to you, maybe a, a young nephew or something like that, or cousin, whatever, say, yo, you know, what is this Me Too movement? How would you define it? Um, it's to me it's kinda like what women have been trying to say over the last probably 
20 or 30 years, but now that we got like social media and stuff like that, they pretty much saying it through uh, kind of like an online movement of, you know, stuff like you said, sexual harassment and stuff like that. So it's kind of like. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And, uh, well, okay. I, I would agree. Um, the second part of the question is what is con- it's needed? It's a needed movement. Mm. I like it. Okay. Um, second part of the question says, what is considered sexual harassment or rape? So how would you define the difference between sexual harassment and rape? Oh, kind of, some people don't think that the two differences is obvious, but basically harassment is like, doing something somebody don't want you to do pretty much and and, and put it in sort of way but you know rape that's obvious like what that is sexual contact without without consent gotcha so I guess now does the movement and the kind of everything going on like with the R. Kelly and just the Me Too movement um, does that slow down like you uh, you approaching women or I guess the way you approach women or talk to women has it changed anything for you no, I'm I'm pretty much good where I'm at, so I'm, I'm kind of glad it happened right now. <laughs> but, you know, some people, they still single, so if, if I get them any advice, it's just be careful and be mindful, really. Mindful of what you're saying and what you're doing. Have you ever, um, have you ever thought about, like, your uh, your interaction with a woman? Say, for instance, you're trying to get a number or whatever, or you're talking with her, flirting with her, whatever. I'm- Do you- do you feel like you ever? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. What did you say, bro? I said, say, um, say when you when you ever interacted with a woman, like say, for instance, trying to flirt with her, trying to get the number or whatever. Have you ever felt like you've mm-hmm. crossed the line and did something like you know, looking back, like man, maybe I, I might have forced it. Oh yeah, definitely. Back in the days, definitely. Anything in particular? Um, not that I I can recall, uh, but I think when a certain age range, probably like. From from high school sixteen to about twenty twenty one, that a lot of a lot of force stuff was going on from everybody. Cause you know, that's kids at that point. But yeah. now I'm, I'm not even on that at all. Yeah. When you say force stuff, what do you well, I guess what do you mean? Like you talking comments uh, or like like making her take your number or something? Yeah, speaking to somebody and then like within a if you just meeting them and. and kind of like getting on that with them or that that song something something in a sexual manner that oh, song speaking okay. in that manner that song you know oh, okay you talking about like comments and like just trying to trying to insinuate mm-hmm. to see how got you, you. Go. okay yeah. Yeah. i think that's kind of forced you know yeah it is you don't know this person yeah yeah is there anything in particular that kind of you said now you're at a different point and is there anything that you can pinpoint that kind of maybe shifted you to change your mindset of, of approaching with women or just, um, I don't, I don't want to say dealing with women cause they're not a problem, but just, uh, you know, your mindset shifting, handling, I don't even like saying handling women, but just, you know, mm-hmm. you know the, <laughs> the conversation itself, just like, how do you approach women now? Or what is, what was that, that moment in time where it's like, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's basically like the movement is basically to kind of get men to, be more considerate of what they're saying and what they're doing around women because we thinking like men. 
and they think they're like women, and we don't put ourselves in their shoes mm. that often. Gotcha. <laughs> so for you, the movement kind of made you, you know, put yourself in their shoes, the heels, and um, mm-hmm. we and, can wear tennis shoes too. <laughs> oh yeah, we're, I'm sorry, they wear tennis shoes too. Sorry, niggas um, like you. Just like you know, just basically, just you know, get more empathy and more and sympathize with women. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think so too. I would definitely agree with you on that. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's cool. I think um, the generation after us is gonna be it's gonna be super different. Right. Like I thought about that the other day. Like we used to we used to do a lot of stinky stuff in high school. Oh yeah, men, men and women. And now now everything everybody got iPhone, social media. Um. You got the little ring doorbell, like it's not gonna be no sneaking going on. Like it's too many cameras, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the new kids gonna be doing. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty tough. It's yeah, I think media. the the younger generation is um they're they're a little bit more aware, but it's more diverse as far as um just being who you are and accepting it. So I think um you know like you said, just a little bit more aware. Um, mm-hmm. So you, uh, you call your you gonna call your kids? You go by where you at? Like no, uh, let me FaceTime you. Let me see where you at. Exactly. Yeah. You should tell your mama anything. Yeah, oh, true. Yeah. Let oh, your yeah. ass not answer my FaceTime. Right. We gonna have a problem. Oh yeah, I can see what y'all talking about as far as technology. Yeah. But I think just generally though, a lot of the kids seem to be more open as far as who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. I think it's a little bit more different than you know when we were a little bit younger. You know, it like and that goes to say like you just said it's probably a little bit more easier to lie to your mom. I'm over here, but you're really over there. Yeah. Like so, yeah. Cause I know I did it. Okay, show me. Like, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan, we appreciate you, man. I know it's a, it's a it's a tough and touchy topic, but I think we just wanted to have the conversation and and uh, just to see where men uh, men are in this area. And um, just hoping that you know, but with a lot of people being uh, quote unquote exposed, um, we just you know just want to see where your uh, men or heads are at. Awesome. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. I'm glad I could help, man. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. All right, talk to you later, Nolan. Bye. All right, see you soon. Right. Yeah. So what Nolan said, like especially back in high school, high school was definitely something that you know we maybe we were slapping butts and all that type of stuff. Just oh, being very Mike on the wood. <laughs> that's very true that is very true if you think about how sexual teenagers were in high school i mean even i mean not and this is not to say like men are men were gay back then they they were but what i'm saying is like (laughs) when i was in high school i know boys they used to slap they guy butts and hump they guys hey now but somebody could have been offended by that you know they could have felt like they were being assaulted you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, I, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I've seen it, it a lot. It is, no, it is, but I it happened at the high school I went to. So, yeah, so I'm just, I'm just saying. But what, what they were do, they were doing it as like a guy thing. You know how guys act like, oh, I'm, you know, hey, bro, you know, you know, how white. Okay, I don't want to say white, black. It's exclusively white, <laughs> white guys, but you know, white guys, they kind of they're more open. Because yeah. remember, when, if you listen to the Brilliant Idiots, you'll hear them talk about all the time, like uh, yeah, we just slap our dicks. Andrew Schultz would uh-huh. just say, like, little, it's just it's just acceptable <laughs> yeah. for them to just do shit like that. Like, right. We, yeah. we call it white boy fun. That's what yeah, white boy fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's yeah, weird. it was like that. You know, very questionable. Even <laughs> I was the soccer Sus. team manager. <laughs> I was the soccer team manager and I told um McCoy this story about um this guy, one of the underclassmen, got his head literally humped by one of the upperclassmen. He just he pissed the upperclassmen off and he just took his head and he humped his head. Yeah, that's that's damn near assault. Like that's that's like that's that just is disgusting. Assault. That like, is assault. That is assault. 
So what, what we're gonna, like that, okay. that's gross. Yeah, yeah, that is. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna reach out to another fella here. Let's call Mario. Uh, we're gonna call Mario here. He said uh, he definitely got some uh, some tea. Some tea. Some insight. Some, tea, some insight. So I just want some tea. I'm just fine. Some insight. Call Mario. What's up, y'all? Mario. I want to know your name, man. 414 Nick Carter. Did you call the 414 number? Mm hmm. Oh, okay. I said, I thought I checked. Yellow. Yo, Mario, you're on the YBO podcast here. We're on our segment here just discussing uh, with men. Your opinions on the Me Too movement and just sexual harassment and, and, and any experiences and, you may have any, with any, it. any experiences that you may have. Uh, so we're just reaching out to several people here. And uh, so we got you on the line. How you doing, brother? Man, what's going on, man? Good to be on. Good to be on. Good. So let me just start off with this here. This is the basic question. Do you understand? And I guess in your words, if you can define uh, the Me Too movement, how would you define the Me Too movement? Uh, well... For me, basically, it's a it's an understanding of knowing that women have experienced things amongst men that shouldn't have happened, and it's a mm-hmm. certain level of sensitivity that you holding uh, to that without judgment, and wondering why you didn't say nothing, and wondering why you waited so long, mm-hmm. and wondering this, that, and third. It's not really about that. It's just acknowledging a dark place that a woman has been. And as a man, um, not really looking at the, you know, the questions and just looking at the person. Mm. At the end of the day, everybody is human. And it's our duty to be sensitive to that because if that was our sister, if that was our mother, if that Mm. was our daughter, we would have that same energy. And so as looking at it from a broad standpoint and just understanding that they have been down this path and you know, they finally decide to open up about it and you willing to listen and just help them get through it if you could. So. Mm, that's the man. You articulate that really well. Yeah. Let me ask you, because uh, we obviously put the post out there for people to respond to. What made you feel like you wanted to actually respond to it? Well, I've been having, I haven't, you know, I've, I've had a show or two about it, but I really haven't like spoke on it on other platforms. And it's, it's all over the place. And me being down here in a different city other than home, um, having those conversations with my sister and, you know, people that are close to me, you kind of hear the other side of things. And it's just been on my heart lately just to say as much as I can mm-hmm. while I can. Because right now everybody's, you know, on high alert. And you want to have mm-hmm. the right conversation. And you want to listen to what's going on. But at the same time, I mean, to be real, like, feelings are high right now. Yeah. Everything that's occurred, all of the stories come out, the, you know, the R. Kelly situation, and just looking at every other person in a different light now that we've held dearly when it comes to music or acting or whatever the case may be, everybody is on high alert right now. But they're not willing to have the conversation. It's just about listening and just understanding what the person across the table is trying to say to you. Right. you know? let, let me ask you, as a man, do you ever feel like you crossed the line with a woman? Or you maybe did too much um, and look back and be like, damn. So for those who know me real personally, I'm probably more laid back than I should be. I think for me personally, um, I'm, I'm more aware. I haven't really crossed the line because it's very easy to cross a line and you really don't want to 
put yourself in that position. So I'd rather not say nothing than to say something and it comes off the wrong way. Um, and kind of just go into my character because you, you just don't want to rock the boat. You really right. don't. So you, you tread lightly, women, basically. Exactly. Like women have to think about protecting themselves when a guy approaches them than to actually just hear what the guy has to, you know, has to say. And you can't really fall for that. I mean, there's women out here dying that didn't deserve to die because they didn't mm-hmm. want to give up their phone number. Right. Oh, that's oh my God. Yeah. Knowing all of that, you have to be aware, but it's ways of doing it. It's just all in their approach. And if she's not interested, all right, cool. You're going to take your loss. You can't get mad at the ball not getting in the basket. At least you shot the ball. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, So does this change how you approach women at all, or do you just still approach them the same way? Um, It it, is. It it has. I was honestly speaking, I would say it does um kind of change a few things but at the same time it's just more so i just making sure that you don't come off malicious or you don't come off you know aggressive and things like that it's just knowing knowing what you're dealing with knowing who you're talking to mm-hmm. knowing what kind of woman it is that's standing in front of you and once you learn who she is as a woman then you learn how to approach her and then from there things just go smoothly this is not on the flyer but i just thought about it as you were talking as a man have you mm-hmm. ever checked one of your friends for being too aggressive with a woman mm-hmm. Good question. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. If the core can't keep the core together, then there's no point I'm being together. Got gotcha, you. Gotcha. So do you? So do you like check him in that moment, or do you check him after? That's a case by case thing. Um, okay. If it's something that could be like blatantly disrespectful, like you call out her name, mm-hmm. you bring it on one of the tension, bro. Chill out. Come on, man. You know that. Okay. Plus, how you know you can't put yourself in kind of scenarios like chill out. If it's something that could have been worded differently, like she said, no, you like why, and it just the conversation and go well. Hey, here's what you could have done better. Like it's always um, you know one off conversations that you will have just to make sure everybody knows. But if it's something real crazy, come on, man, I'm gonna have to snatch you up. Come on, got you, got you. Time out, pineapples, all of that. Pineapples. <laughs> well, we appreciate you. Thanks so much here, uh, Mario. I'm mean, like that. I mean, you articulated that really well, well and um, well. and and and, and thank you. So, yeah, and thank you so much for even talking about it on your platform as well too. It's so it's so important. It's so important. PC Mwanje. It's all love, man. Anytime I could get my two cents off, I'm willing to do it. So it's all love. Well, we appreciate you once again. Thanks so much. All right, Rio. We'll talk to you later. Hey, y'all have a good show. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean those those are great points. Even what Nolan said, like just from me back in the day being in high school, mm-hmm. just to some of the things that you, we just you can't. It was wasn't right then, but it wasn't talked about then. But now, right, it's more it's out there. It's yeah, open. And, and then um, with, like the last question Mario said too, like, yep, fellas, we gotta check each other. We gotta check each other. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we can get in that locker room banter, um, mm-hmm. and we can actually take that outside of our homes, but we shouldn't be Stay having a conversation. <laughs> should be having that conversation yeah. at all. Anyway. Yeah. And he, he- he also brought up a good point when he brought up the fact that women are literally dying yeah. for not giving out their cell phone number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it, it's interesting because there are men, there are some men who can actually understand what the movement is, what women actually go through. Like, even if they didn't before, now they're like, damn, I didn't know that that was going on. Now that I know, mm-hmm. I can, you know, hold my, hold my boys accountable if need be. And make sure that I don't do anything to cross the line. But then you got those other ones who are like, no, women don't have it that bad. But then it's like when you bring up, well, why are women dying for saying no? 
or, you know, for, you know, not to get out their number or whatever, and then they silent or they don't have anything to say. Right. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, let's give uh, Seal a phone call and yeah. see what Seal got to say. We're going to pick up. Hello. Seal, what's good, man? You're on the YBO podcast. This is Moan J. Reese and Lassie. How's it going, man? Hi, Seal. How you doing, brother? Hey, man, good, good, man. We reaching out. So this segment, we're just reaching out to a couple of fellas here. We just just want to talk about the Me Too movement and um, the sexual harassment and just women in general and how men um, in this era how we uh, how we need to approach this, uh, any situation and stuff like that. So the first question that you probably saw on the flyer, uh, I just want to get your um, opinion on what do you think the mo- uh, Me Too movement is in your in your own words. I mean, honestly, I wasn't as familiar with it, so I was kind of looking for a little insight. I was reading it, and I was actually interested with it, especially with all the R. Kelly stuff going on, and I seen y'all touching on it, so I kind of wanted a little bit of insight on it, and I can give you a little bit more feedback. Cool. That's okay. Cool. Well, well, as from another man, I I think what the Me Too movement is, um, and uh, our last caller, uh, the person we called, uh, articulated very well, it's just understanding that women have, for so many years, have been silent uh, about sexual rape, sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, um, and they haven't had the opportunity or the platform to talk about it. We think about, if you uh, might have heard in the news, Harvey Weinstein and how so many actresses um, were either passed over or get gotten parts because uh, either A, they, you know, came into a, he tried to either rape them or have sex with them to get a role in one of his movies, or B, if they decided not to do so, that, you know, he would pass them over. Uh, or he'll make sure that they can't work in any other film of his or maybe even someone else's. Um, so a lot of women have, and outside of the, just the entertainment industry in general, just women on the day to day. Our last caller made a good point saying that a lot of women are getting killed or shot or just um, brutal, brutalized because they don't want to give a man their number, but they would end up giving either them a fake number or some type of number just to get them off their back. So, right. Um, it's basically saying women are standing up against uh, misconduct and saying, you know, this has happened to me too. So, yeah. uh, with that being said, you know, have you ever, um, have you ever encountered um, any? Uh, let's say, have you ever met a woman that does, most of the women, mm-hmm. um, most of the women that I actually dealt with, actually, especially being a manager, mm-hmm. I see it a lot. You know, most, um, I actually see it in kind of in reverse, where most women kind of feel like they have to do a little bit more to kind of get it back. Mm. As opposed to just work hard. You know what I mean? They may oh. be a little extra flirty. Um, they may leave with things like, such as their body instead of their mind or instead of what skills they bring to the table. And I feel like that's just the standard that's been set just by, by men in, in general, basically, because even even the way we view women on social media, I think it's really the social media thing that's taking it to another level. Um, even when I, when I see certain pictures, like I seen this picture one that was telling me uh, it was a teacher she had on a tight dress. Mm-hmm. And they said, do you think this is inappropriate? And I was just thinking, what does this have to do with her ability to teach? Oh, right. And it's point. the platform that we put it on. You feel what I mean? I, it's just the level that we put it on. We sex sales at the end of the day. So we we sometimes we just objectify women. That's just what it comes down to. And I think sometimes it makes women feel obligated to do a little mm, bit more. And instead of leading with their mind, they're leading with their ability sometimes. So as a manager, um, I guess I'm going to pivot a little bit from the flyer. As a manager, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, and uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, have you ever did like uh, interviews or anything like that to hire employees? Absolutely. So Absolutely. as a manager, have you came across where women might have 
you know, might have worn something that, you know, maybe a lower cut dress or anything like that that might have suggested that they're trying, you know, a little bit harder to get get the uh, get their job. A hundred percent. And I'll even take it a step further. I actually had women come in and pretty much tell me what they were going to do to seduce men to get sales. Just basically leading with their body, not leading with their abilities. And then I've had other women that come in and wanted to learn the process, wanted to learn what it takes to actually be a good salesperson and then put forth the best effort. And they were successful in that, too. So I, I've seen it all the way around the board. But like I said, I just think it's a standard that's set. It's almost like a sickness. And you know what I mean? It's just like what you feel like you have to do almost to get ahead. How do you how do you respond to the woman that say I'm going to leave with my body I'm going to flirt like how do you respond to somebody when they tell you that that's how they're going to get sales? I mean I kind of challenge people to think different like I always challenge you to think outside yourself without giving it to you right away so I just ask different questions to kind of challenge that theory things that have nothing to do with actual actual looks I'm going to say okay so what if they're not impressed by that what if the person is is their sexual preference isn't for women and you wasted all this time then. What are your pros then? I just try to give them different scenarios to show them that it's not always about looks. And what do you do if this doesn't work? What do you do if you can't rely on your looks in this particular situation? Or you can't rely on a person? What if a person's with their wife? Is that going to be respectful? Then you can lose a sale by doing those type of mm. things. So right. I think it's just about uh, giving them different scenarios and just letting them know. Like, and that, in actuality, in this world, women, they actually have the power, in mm. all honesty. Mm. You know what yeah, I mean? I but. It's just, about, it's just about how do you tend to use it? How do you choose to use it at the end of the day? Do you choose to use your body or do you choose to use your mind? And it's all what you lead with. What you lead with usually is what you get back in return. Like if you lead with your body, it's gonna, oh, you're going to always be locked into a cycle where if you're getting rolls or things like that, to go back to your example, you're giving up your body. If you lead with your mind and you lead with your talent, when people seeking out talent, they're going to look for you. That's just what it comes down to. It's all what you lead with at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think one aspect of it is, though, that there are the women that do lead with their minds and not their bodies. And they're they're still preyed upon um, by men and especially with like the Hollywood industry, like Harvey Weinstein or um, R. Kelly, things like that. You know, women are preyed upon. You got the little kids with R. Kelly or just so many people come out. And I think the movement it has been going on since 2006. She started it. Um, I think her name is Tarana Burke a long time ago, but it's really just picking up because of social media, obviously. But um, it's just a way to, I guess, have men have empathy and other people for what women go through. And just like Moanje basically said, you know, me too. And not even just women. There's men who um, have dealt with sexual harassment and things like that. So. Um, but I think your input was uh, definitely another twist to it as far as being a manager and seeing how women um, use how the way of the world has put us in this position to, OK, well, maybe if I use my body, I can get the job. And then you asking those different questions to kind of twist it um, does help in that aspect, too. So that's interesting. A hundred percent. Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Do you guys think that after the fathers play a role in as far as like the teaching and the upbringing as far as like a lot of these situations? Um, as to a certain degree, I think, yeah. I think, um, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I think we all have the moral compass, uh, to know what's right and wrong. Um, and, and sometimes when you, when you do something, you, it just feels, it just feels wrong, you know? Um, and right. it, in, like I said, um, I was just thinking about what you were saying earlier. Like you said, a lot of some of your, um, employees, they like to, uh, you know, use their body and things of that nature. And, I, it, with the Me Too movement, you know, a lot of men will take that and think that it's, it's an advance to, uh, you know, to have sex or, you know, pre, um, do sexual things. And at the same time, I think now with the movement, we have to understand that just because a woman leads with her body until she gives us consent of the uh, authorization exactly. to um, pursue her, 
I, you got to be very, very, very careful. Yeah. Very, very careful. A hundred percent. And if a woman chooses to use her body to get a sale, that's you know, that's her body. It's her. Yeah. She has agency over over her um, right. own yeah. body. So yeah. now, I'm glad you made that point because. Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting way to, like I said, twist it just to, from a, a managerial point of view. But like Mwanje said, it's it's not really just about her using her body. It's just you know protecting that woman no matter if she wants to you know give herself up or not and in this era is 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 real fickle these days um last question for you have you ever um felt like you crossed the line with a woman before to a point where now you might look back and be like damn that was a little bit too much um looking back in my earlier days i think a lot i think i may have crossed the line just to an extent of you know, when, when a woman is telling you pretty much she's not ready and just forcing the issue as far as trying to convince a person, because I think taking that initial note, uh, looking back and especially after watching some of those documentaries and watching what a lot of those women went through, mm. I think just taking those initial notes would it be, because even though you don't physically force yourself on a person, they're still telling you no. So even right. going out of your way to try to convince somebody of something that they're not comfortable with, that could be perceived the same way. So I think after that, I just think taking that initial note, um, and letting that be it. And it's, and it's something that Mwanja just touched on, too. Um, I think is, is very important. Everything is in an advance or a past. You know what I mean? Right, right. Especially in this thirsty world that we live in. I've seen it to where, like, I have a girlfriend to where she can't even speak to people without them taking it as a past. You know right, what I mean? Or crazy. like this, how you doing? And she replies. They take that as, oh, she's interested now. And I think yeah. that's the thing, too. Everything is in the past. Some women are just polite. You know what I mean? And even with women, every compliment isn't somebody trying to get at you. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it, it works both ways. So I, I think that's where I could have learned. And I I think this was very insightful on all parts. I actually appreciate y'all. No, thank yeah. you. For, thank you so much for giving us be uh, willing to share and yeah. Um, you know, we this is a volunteer process, so you actually volunteer to actually want to be on the show and talk about it. And a lot of you know, a lot of men, some men don't want to talk about it because they don't want to yeah. say the men, wrong thing. But I'm I'm actually glad that you called and said you wanted to know more specifically about what it is um, as far as the Me Too movement, like a kind of a definition in our specific. Um, takes on what it is because some you know sometimes people may not really know and just act like they know so at least you're trying to figure out what it is but you do have your own idea of you know what it is and you have your own position like as your at your job understanding you notice certain things that women may do that they don't have to but then like Moanja said or like we all women say you know just because I wear this or dress like this don't mean that you know you can still um try to do whatever you want to do with me is until I say yes that's when it is other than that then move so yeah once again, right, we, I definitely appreciate y'all. I love what y'all are doing, and I appreciate thanks the perspective. So much, man. Thanks All right, so, so much. We, we thank you so much for calling in. All right, y'all, take it easy. All right, All right bye. bye. Yeah, it's so that's so it's so important. To, um, yeah, I think his uh, input on, um, I guess, twisting it a little bit as far as him noticing, because like you said, I was, I think I was kind of getting there as far as, um, just because I'm dressing this way, you know, or because I'm going to try to make a sale. Um, based upon how I dress, don't mean I'm, <laughs> right. don't mean I really that I want to have sex with you. I'm trying to sell myself exactly. to you. But again, um, I think him noticing that, you know, why why did you take this approach? You know, and sometimes it does come from, I guess, patriarchy or whatever, understanding how, you know, it was set up for the woman to be, you know, dressed, be cute, and it like we all said, it does go both ways. Where just because he he said nice picture or comment or you know, don't mean he's trying to make a pass. Or just because she walking down the street and say hello hello is hello <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's common courtesy so and that's yeah. been going on for centuries um yep. like, like i one of the one of my books i read is called the art of seduction and it talks about like Jose, josephine baker or um mm-hmm. 
like they would you, women would use um use their body um, yep. to seduce men and and mm. seduce them to the point where even Cleopatra like the way she would do her hair the way she would do right. her eyes it was unique for a um a, a um a, um princess in or I'm sorry emperor in uh, in empress. Egypt empress oh. in Egypt to uh to to dress like that and mm-hmm. Caesar damn near all damn near lost his mind and just trying to get at <laughs> trying to get at her so and yeah. you know it's just we're going on for centuries but at the same time you know you just got to be very careful and it's him. it's a way of um I guess exposing the way Hollywood and just generally life is because you know you got I think people say oh yeah well if we expose everybody who we gonna have left then we just gonna fucking start over <laughs> start over exactly yeah. start over with because, right. you know people go through these different things and that shit ain't it ain't where it's at and right. i'm actually glad that people are able to share their different stories because you know at one point people weren't even listening to that until now and like i said the yeah. movement's been going on since 06 so yeah it's been picking up social media wise so, All right, so we're gonna get let's call our last person last caller let's go so he's a long-winded one guy <laughs> <laughs> he, he got some good he, he definitely has a story to tell mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sure. i didn't think about that the first way <laughs> hello Yo, Sappy, Mill Sap, what's good, man? What's good? Hey, so yeah, we are on our segment uh, in regards to men just having a conversation about the Me Too movement and uh, sexual harassment here. Is this still a good time for you? Oh, what's good? Yep, yep. Okay, yep. Well, we got to make sure now. Perfect. So we have, what we've been asking um, all men that we've contacted here today, uh, and I guess in your own words, if you. Um, do you understand the uh, Me Too movement um, that's going on right now? It started back in 2006. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I have a, <clears throat> a very clear understanding of it. Um, I mean, I, I I have my opinions on it mm. as well, but I understand why it started and the importance of it. You know okay. what I'm I just... I guess in your own words, if you don't mind defining it, in your own words of how, uh, what do you think the uh, Me Too movement is? Um... I mean, for me, it's it's more so about women who feel like, hey, you know, I wanna I wanna share my story. I wanna say like, hey, that happened to me too. You know, because uh, some people aren't uh, some people aren't as strong to come out and maybe share their story. So I think it all started with, hey, I, I don't want to tell my story. But I want to say that, that that happened to me too. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Um, that's where I feel like you came from. So. As as a man, have you ever um, in any relationships or personal woman or anything of that nature? Have you ever crossed the line or felt like you've crossed the line before in the past? Oh uh, no, I don't think I've ever crossed the line. Um, I feel like um, there's been instances where um, maybe maybe she may have felt like, oh, you you're taking it too far. But I'm like, hey, well, I'm only taking it where you took me. You know, mm. like you you came over at three in the morning after the club drunk. You know, you get naked, you get in my bed, and then I'm taking it too far. Like, come on now. Like, what, what did you think I was thinking what was going to happen? Okay. You know, it's so, 34 o'clock in the morning. I'm drunk. Why are you here getting naked in my bed? Like, what's the... Okay, let's keep it right there. What you got, Reese? So, when she's inebriated, you don't, you don't be like, okay, she's not in her right mind. So, why why keep it going I mean, you know because knowing that there are situations obviously where women be like i don't remember that that's not what i asked for granted you know when she's inebriated that's what you thought where you thought it was going but does, that doesn't concern you i mean now it does you know but back then mm-hmm. you know i'm thinking in my head is 
they wake me up on my sleep. I wake up to 10, 15 missed calls. You're driving home from the club. So obviously you have enough sense to get to my house. Okay. That's, you have enough sense point. to find out where I live. Call me a hundred times. You know, like, you, I'm not the only person. I'm sure you, you've called and texted. So, you know, you, you have enough. You're in your right mind enough to get here. You're me, in your right mind enough to know what's, what's going on and why you came here. You know, I mean. Let me ask you, were these, times where, you know, were these moments that were, like, exactly. pre-planned already? Like, like uh, what'd you call it? Like a dick appointment no, or something? No. Um, no, I, I think the, the only time where I felt like maybe she was uncomfortable and I sent her home um, was, it was not pre-planned. Like, I just, I woke up to a, a bunch of missed calls. So I called back and she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up. I'm almost there. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. You know, I jumped in the shower real quick, did whatever. She got naked out of my bed and was like, I didn't come over here for sex. So I'm like, well, you gotta go home. Like, what you come over here for? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you didn't come over here for me to rub on your booty and do whatever, then why, why are you here? Go home. Like, oh, I'm drunk. I'm too drunk to drive. Go over here and drive home. Like, that's how I felt about it. Like, you gotta get out of my house. Like, what? I don't want you here. I'm uncomfortable now. Oh, real quick, ladies. Is, is that, is he wrong? Is he wrong for that? Is he wrong for, for what the, specifically? For, because he was under the impression that he was going to have sex, but he, you know, is, instead of avoiding, you know, trying to force the issue, he decided to say, hey, you need to go. You need to leave. Is he wrong for that? Or should he have said, like, oh, maybe you stay in, a, you sleep on the couch or I stay in the bed, whatever he decided to do, as opposed to having her go home while she was drunk? Is he wrong for that? Well, for Lassie, is you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. What's your thoughts? Um, I got a lot of thoughts circling. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like. With. And I guess. One of mine, I guess one of my thoughts is, even though those were your intentions and you feel like those were her intentions, mm-hmm. don't you don't you believe that her intentions could potentially change? Like, mm-hmm. she could have the intentions to want to come over to do that, but then when she gets there, maybe she like, I don't like the way this happening, and now I'm not in the mood for this. No, and that's, that, that's perfectly okay. I have no issue with okay. that. Like I said, okay. that's cool. If that's the case, you go home. I'm uncomfortable with you being here naked in my bed. That's fair. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're intoxicated. Right, no. Get out of my house. Like, really? Well, why, no. But I, you just wanted to clear that part up, right, Lassie? Matter? Right, no. That's what I, and I asked that, I was, that question came in my mind before. We right, before you said that. You said you felt uncomfortable. Now, I understand, because if you feel uncomfortable in your house, no one should feel uncomfortable in their right. own home. And, you know, if that was the case, she kind of could have said, you know, at some point, like, hey, I need a place to crash because I'm drunk. You know, then maybe you're like, okay, I'll make the couch up for you, something, you know. And at the end, yeah, I mean, that's but, cool. Like, I, I feel like, you know, transparency needs to happen in that type of situation. Like, if you're coming exactly. over there, it, 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 say what you're coming to do. If you just need a place to stay in miles and closer than yours, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, man, I ain't gonna make it home. Call me. Like, I ain't gonna make it home. Come sleep with you or at your house. That's cool. In that way, I know, all right, she ain't coming up. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try, and if she ain't with it, I'm gonna go back, tweak, and move on, and be done with it. But if you just pulling up, oh, I'm coming over. I'm hopping at the club all night, whatever. It's three thirty in the morning. Like, what do you think is on my mind? You just woke me up out my sleep at three thirty in the morning. Like, the only thing on my mind is what what we all know is is on the mind. I ain't ain't thinking you coming over here to chill. I don't know you like that. I don't kick it with you like that. No way. So what you here for? Yeah, I think honesty in these situations is what needs to be. My only concern is, like, what I asked before as far as somebody being inebriated is, you know, I guess that's what Lassie was saying. Like, 
what if she does change her mind? I guess that's kind of where I was going as far as, okay, she's drunk. So then that's when things could get a little sticky because she may wake up and be like, this is not what I wanted to do. I changed my mind or I was, just, I was really just drunk and wanted to go to sleep. That's one of the issues. But then going back to what you said about being uncomfortable, I think that's a great point. Like, like, like I said, if that's your house, then you don't want to be uncomfortable in your house. My only concern is then, um, I guess maybe a little bit of empathy or compassion. If she got over there drunk, cool, but I wouldn't want to send nobody home drunk. So in that situation, it's your house, it's your discretion, but you know what I'm saying? Maybe you can sleep on the floor right. over here. I'm going to go close the door or you can sleep on the couch. I'm going to be over here. And if she's super drunk, she'll just pass out anyway, hopefully. But I think that's where it can just get a little sticky as far as having a little empathy or whatever. But I totally get not being comfortable. If that's what you was on and she wasn't and you got to go, that's that's up to your discretion. I was, yeah, so. I definitely respect that. I respect it. Yeah. And keep in mind, too, he said this was a while ago. So yeah, this no, is a, yeah. a no, no, we know that. Too, but I'm just so. saying. like, um, So with that being said, though, was there anything... Um, now, with the mindset that you had, was there anything in your life or any point in your life that um, that shifted your views with women uh, and along with the Me Too movement that made you say made you more cautious and made you more? Um, yeah, made you more cautious with dealing with women or, or approaching women. Oh, uh, not approaching, but definitely dealing with them. Okay. You know, uh, I handled them a little bit differently. Now I'm more, you know, well, back then I was more stern. Like, if, if you said no, then you got to go. Like, I don't mm. want you here. I don't want you around me. I don't want uh, no. If the answer, if you say no, I'm not going to take it as you're playing or none of that. I like, oh, but I really wanted you to. I don't want to hear that no more. If the answer is no, then go. Be my house. Like, and, and I'm rude about it now. I, I don't care about being rude about it because I have to, you know, like, to protect myself. Like, I want you to know I was an asshole to you when I told you to get out of my house. Because right. you wanted to joke around and play. You told me no, but you wanted to play about it. No, I'm taking you serious. I'm gonna take everything yeah. you say seriously because if if I do keep pushing and you wasn't you wasn't really playing, now it's oh well he took it from me. He, he, he raped me or whatever the case may be. Right. When you don't you know, we don't know if you're joking or not. Like I'm tired of that game, so I don't yeah. wanna play that game anymore. Get out. I respect that. And what what's what about you, Millsap? Is that uh, you have a unique story, um, and we, we you know we love for you to care to share it. I, I know you was uh, talking about it a little bit earlier, but <laughs> yeah, if you uh, have some time to tell, you us got some time us. to tell us that story. Oh, um, we appreciate that. Yeah, um, back in like two thousand six, two thousand seven, um, I went to a party in college, a house party or whatever, and um, you know, to, to, to make it short. I ended up taking a picture with a chick, and um, about a year later, um, I was charged. Uh, I, I got pulled out of class in my college class. I got pulled out of class by Baton Rouge Police Department, taken to jail under uh, a cell, aggravated sexual assault charge. And I'm like, well, wait, what are you talking about? So, you know, I spent a couple of days in jail until they let us out. Um, and then they finally let us out talking about, um, they said that she came back and said, well, she didn't know who did it. She just she just told the police that each man that she took all these people that she took a picture with, they all raped her. They all gang raped her. Mm. And the the you know and stuff and and that's what got me so against the Me Too movement. Like you lying, like you claiming Me Too, but you don't even know who did what to you. Mm-hmm. And you just picked out you ruined four, four or five men's life because you don't know what happened. Like luckily for me, my parents were blessed and we got a lawyer and we got everything suppressed and all that, but. Those other guys, they never came back to school. Like, oh, they wow. never made it back in school. They, they, Their life changed completely. I was never entered into the fraternity that I wanted to be a part of because they didn't want to associate with me. But my life changed completely behind that, even though, you know, it came out in the papers that, oh, she, she lied and it wasn't true. Nobody cares about that. 
once you've been accused of it, that's what they think of you. That's it. You know, there, there's nothing else. Like, luckily, I got back in school. I didn't get that money back for that semester. None of that. Nothing happened to her, though. Mm-hmm. Everything, she just went scot-free. I'm in East Baton Rouge Paris prison for three days. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that ain't fun. Oh, oh, aggravated sexual rape toilet. That's not fun but at all. Like, right. That's not cool. Like, you don't want to be in there on that. So it's like, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I, I support the movement, but okay, I don't, I, I think saying, it's yeah. the, 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 the lies have tarnished the movement completely. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to say too t- many people are lying. Yeah, I don't want to say tarnish. I think um, it's kind of like with anything. We can't say all oh, black men cheat, right? Uh, we can't say all oh, this or that is. So I don't want you to say, you know, it's all lies or I can't. Well, I mean, it's up to your your decision. But as far as following the movement or whatever, because a lot of women are telling the truth. And a lot of these things did happen to women. Uh, but I do definitely understand the situations where uh, for a person like you, when you're accused of something that you didn't do. And I think that is true in a lot of cases. You don't really hear about, you know, what the man lost or it could be a woman, too, who've been accused. But a lot of times it's been the men and what they lost. They just have had to go on with their lives. And especially thinking about the the men from, you know, back in the day who were accused. And then that was it. They had nothing, no money, no life. And like you said, luckily, your parents um, were in a position to be able to get you an attorney for something that they shouldn't have had to do. You should have been right. able to go to school and, you know, live your life and be able to be a part of that fraternity. And it does tarnish your image, too. But it's just one of those little uh, fickle situations where it's like, man, damn. And I just think that, you know, women do go through it. It's just unfortunate that people in general and then some of these women do lie. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and you know, so funny. I just, uh, this past week, I watched a movie called If uh, Bill Street Could Talk. And um, it's the James Baldwin book. And that's basically essentially the premise of the whole show. Um, the main character, um, he was accused of rape and he was nowhere near the woman. And they pulled him out of his, they pulled him out of his home. Uh, he went to jail. Um, mm-hmm. They bought, got a lawyer. Um, the woman, the woman um, that he was that accused him of rape uh, said that she didn't see who did it. She just picked somebody out, and that was that. And she moved to Puerto Rico. And you know, and the whole premise of the story is just trying to get him out of jail, and and the love story in between. And, and, and when you said that, I was like, oh my goodness, I men go through this. Men do grow th- go through this. And um, and it's unfortunate, like you said, your your life changed, regardless of it being suppressed. Your life changed where you had to you can't get those three days um, that you were in jail back. Um, and you, I, and I don't know how um, traumatic that experience was, because from what I heard, jail is no place to be uh, of at, at all. Like, it's not fun at all. Um, and, you know, that's just especially on sexual assault charges. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely not fun. Yeah. Because everybody knows where you're in there, you know they read your choices out in front of everybody. Like so, they 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 blast you. Like mm. they they let everyone on your cell block know. Oh, we got a a sexual predator right here. So for three days, I'm I'm questioned about what happened and what I did. And you know, it's people in there that they don't care. They don't they ain't care about that. They here to defend defend our women because that's what we do anyway. Mm. They don't care nothing about what you say. Like get up, you gotta fight. Like, I went through multiple fights in that, in those three days, like, wow. having to defend myself on the coup. Like, literally. Like, it's it's not fun. It's not cool at all. Wow. Like, and it's and, and crazy. Like, so I saw her um, maybe, like, my senior year in college. I saw yeah. her sitting in the reunion. And um, she was sitting in there alone. So I came in there and set a call from her. I literally, I swear, I saw her soul leave her body. Like, she thought she was going to die that day. 
Like, and I just wanted to talk to her. I just wanted to have a conversation. Like, why? Why would you do that? Like, what? What's up? Like, what? What was that about? You know? And she explained why she did it. And um, she tried to make it, you know, justify it, talking about, well, I don't know. What do you know? What happened? And you know, try to flip it, but. I just wanted to find out why. Why would she pick me out of all people? You right. know, like did she, from that day, like did, did she ever find her um her her uh rapist? No. Um mm. she never found out. To, to be honest, you know, in my opinion, it, it never happened. Mm. No one at that party remembers any anything about what she's saying. You know, and for her to say that she went up in somebody else in somebody else's bedroom, somebody else's house and gang rapes like people don't even believe it happened mm. but the, mm. the women do women stand by oh no it had to have happened she said it happened no, that, that don't that don't make it true because she said it you know like if if it and that's why I'm always I'm, I'm big on if it happened to you and you want something done about it you need to say something right then because if you wait ain't nobody trying to hear it it's going to be hard to believe mm. that that happened I'm not saying that it didn't happen I'm not saying that I don't believe it I'm saying it's going to be hard to believe, and you're going to have to prove it. You're going to have to prove it. You can't just say, I did it, and then it, we're going to go get him and going to arrest him. No, you're going to have to come up with proof. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think... And uh, that's the messed up part about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, the part about waiting, like I can see what you mean by that, but I think there's a flip side to that. There's some women, or maybe men too, that you know they don't want to talk about it. They're embarrassed by it. There's things, certain things that go through their mind where they don't say anything. And I think some people do. For like a Bill Cosby situation, for example, there's women who were probably scared because of what he said he would do, or whatever it may have been, or being shunned from the industry if they were trying to get in at that time. Um, and then you know, at the end of the day, they see all these other women coming out that they can relate to. And they're not scared to come out. So I think that's the flip side of um, not saying anything right now. But then again, there is a side of if it happens, say it. But it, it just depends on the person. I, I feel like it, that it's hard to really say. Uh, and, and I'm not trying to take away from what you went through. But as someone who has been on the other side of that, it's not that easy to just say, go tell somebody right now. Go do this right now. And based on some of the things that Reese said, you don't know what this other person has said that they were done or whatever. But I do, I do also believe that while I'm an advocate for the Me Too movement, I feel that women who falsely accuse men, something should happen to them. Because like you said, their whole world is shaken up and now different because of these, you know, accusations. And that's not fair. Definitely not fair. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, um, I would, I, and, and for for you, right? I, I just would love to hear, and that's what I, I've, I've, I've told friends of mine. Like, if you're gonna tell me something, then tell me why you're telling me. Do you just need someone to talk to? Do you just need to get it off your chest, or are you telling me because you want me to do something about it? Because if you want me to do something about it, there's nothing I can do about something that happened to you five, six, ten, however many years ago. There's nothing I can do about that. But if you're telling me because you're looking for a shoulder to lean on. You need to get it off your chest. I can see that. I'm, that's okay. But for a lot of time, a lot of times, these people are going to police. You going to the police? You want you want somebody to do something about it? What is it? What do you want them to do? It happened twenty years ago, ten years ago, five years ago. What do you What are you wanting them to do? And then it's like, oh, well, prove it. You can't prove it. It happened five years ago, a year. It's six months ago. It's hard to prove something that happened six months ago or a year ago. Like. 
that's why I'm, that's why I tell you know a friend of mine who came to me like what do you what are you looking for me to do? How can I help you do this? Because I'm not going to go do him anything. I don't know his side of the story, and I don't want to end up you know being that guy that I killed someone and you lied. Come to find out you lied. You know like because that's how I would do for my my daughter. I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. She told me something happened. You did. I don't. I don't want to have a conversation with you. You did, and then I'm sitting in prison on a 25, 30 year bid, and come to find out, ten years later, she lied about it. I would be sick. Mm-hmm. I'm sick. You know, based off the fact that you just didn't want to tell me you gave it up on the first night, or you was a little bit too intoxicated and you gave it up. Like that's why you know I'm gonna preach the truth. Like tell me what's up. Like tell me what you want from me. How do you want me to handle this situation? I'll beat that shoulder to cry on if you want me to. I'll sympathize with you. But as far as if I'm going to do something about it, I'm going to ask you to prove it to me. If you can't prove it to me, then there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, I think it's just one of those sticky situations, though, where I guess you just have to... in in those moments, I guess, figure out what it is that needs to be done. And I, like I said, it, like Lysa said, it goes both ways. It's really, well, I guess I said that. Some women are embarrassed. Some people don't want to talk about it at that point. And I, like, I've never been in any situation like that. So yeah, I would think that some people will want maybe just a shoulder, um, somebody to talk to, especially if they trust you enough to tell you something like that, that happened to them. And, you know, in that time, sometimes too, when those years go by, there's probably nothing that you can do. If it's been 20, 25 years, depending on where you are, there's sometimes no legal actions, but I would then think that people just want somebody to talk to, especially like, you know, if you, if you married or something and you're like your wife or somebody, your husband ain't tell you what's, what happened to them back at one point in their life. And that could be affecting your relationship mm-hmm. or something that they keep doing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes people just need that listening ear or somebody that makes them feel comfortable, not really asking you to go back and, you know, kill the person or either snap on them, even though you may want to. So it, like Lassie said, it all depends. It's a case by case scenario type thing. Millsap, we, uh, we appreciate you, man, sharing that story. Dog. Did you uh, laugh? No, no, he was what says. I think no. he's what says. We appreciate you sharing, uh, sharing your story, man. I think it's so important to hear that, you know, the other side yeah. of the situation. I agree. And, um, yeah. And I know when you was telling us, we was like, yeah, we got to have you talk about it. Cause it's probably a lot of men that have gone through the same thing. And, and it's like, man, they probably would have been in jail, probably are in jail right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they probably still there, in jail now. There's, there's men that don't say anything. Exactly. Like they, they don't want to come out and let people know. They just wanted to go away. Right. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to fizzle away. You know, I'm just at that point where I know I didn't do nothing. I ain't ashamed to say nothing. Like I didn't do nothing. Right. Like if you want to believe me, believe me. I'm not telling you to make you believe me. I'm telling you because it's my truth. Right. It's, it's a personal problem if you don't. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it is very hard for men that really didn't do anything for people to get people to believe them. And it's just to me, I don't know, it's just one of those real sticky situations where it's it's just that's just what it is. And we have to find some way to kind of, I guess, find that balance as far as like sexual interactions when certain things happen. And then as far as, you know, obviously believing somebody who said they really didn't do it. And then you got a woman that said that they that they, you know, been through it. It's like, really, who do you believe sometimes? So it's I don't know. It could just get hard, so I can see that. It's so it's it's so hard, man. It's and it's so messed up because this is a serious issue that we're having that we're faced with on both sides, and we don't know how to fix it. Honestly, there's no way to fix it. People are yeah. gonna lie, and they're gonna continue to lie about it. The men are gonna lie about it. The women are gonna lie about it. Like you can always say, "Oh, stop lying." Come on, that's yeah. It's not gonna happen. People are gonna do it. Like we're, that's a serious problem that we're faced with in today's time. And honestly, yeah. the best the, the, is just kind of watch yourself, yeah. like protect yourself at all times. Like, 
take take her word for it. Like I said, if she say no, it's no. I don't want to hear nothing else. I ain't playing yeah. with you. None of that. It's, that's Period. what it is. Yeah, important. Well, well, we, we we thank you so much. We thank you so much for, uh, for just like I said once again, just giving us your uh, your story here, and uh, we appreciate you being a, a listener too, man. Thanks so much, and thanks for the books too. And wear that YBO sweater with uh with some tact, okay? <laughs> with some tact, you know I'm you know I'm 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 tactless, man. So oh. <laughs> uh, take it off. <laughs> we appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. Drive safe too, man. Please drive yeah. safe. Listen to YBO. All right, man. I'll be cool. All right, All right bye. Yeah, um, that, that, woo, that I can, I'm just sitting there trying to, trying to put myself in his shoes and it's like, I, yeah. I just can't get there. I can't mm-hmm. get there. I just That's can't scary. imagine being accused and being in jail for three days for something I didn't do. And That's then so on scary. top of that, your charges are being yelled out through the whole, you know, your cell block. And now you got these men that don't even care. Right. Um, when they hear rape, right. it's yeah, over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. You know, so it's, that's, that's so scary. And, um, and uh, I'm glad we had this segment because yeah. uh, it's just good to hear from men um, what their thoughts are and what their take on the Me Too movement. And just in general, just to get their um, point point across. And then also, too, I, I saw a trend. The trend is that, you know, when we were younger, we didn't know any better. So we did a lot of things. We did things that we weren't supposed to do. Uh, and now that we've grown, we can see the maturity from, you know, from all of these men. Nolan, Seal, Millsap, Mario, they all, you know, their mm-hmm. maturity grown over the years where it's like okay we're not supposed to do this we weren't supposed to say this um and then by them knowing those things they can tell their their nephews their, their cousins their you know brothers and and their their children no, they're fine when yeah. They have kids. Yeah. yeah their children that you know this is not right this is what's going on so i'm so glad they were able to share those stories and and uh, i learned some i learned much from them too so um different perspectives yeah very very good yeah Thank you, Thank you yeah. so much for volunteering. Yeah. It definitely was a volunteer. That was good to hear. Post. Inspiration for the week comes for me. Um, probably said it a bunch of times. Probably, yeah. Just real simple, real mellow, real sweet. I'm going to put it in three words. Jump in the phrase, just do it and take risk. All 2019. That's it. Episode 102. How you guys feel about that one? Good, good, good. Lassie, how you feel about it? Good. It was good. I, I love the conversation that we had. Um, yeah, it was good. All right. 102 is always I am Reese Berry. That's R-E-E-S-E-B-E-R-A. Four Y's is Twitter, Tumblr, Snapchat, and Instagram. Lassie. And I am Lassie at Lola Baby on Snapchat, B-A-Y-B-E-E, and on Instagram and Twitter at LaCrim Lola Mwanje. And it's your boy Mwanje. That's M-W-A-N-J-E. You can follow me on all social media platforms. That's Mwanje, Ugandan for Leper. Episode 102, guys. Thank you for listening. We out. Peace.